0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Evolution Exchange, a platform for thought leaders within the tech space to share ideas on current topics of relevance to our community of technology and also business followers. My name is Ritesh and I'll be the host for today's session where we'll be discussing a pretty interesting topic in how to ensure your marketing team delivers. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good topic. I think that's mainly because a lot of the time people come up with those different projects. They'll say exactly or roughly what it is that they do but no one really knows to what scope of depth a marketer probably does or a marketing manager in this case. And we have two very brilliant minds joining me today and they come in the form of Michelle Fu and Sui Ming Lim, who are both marketing managers. Michelle is currently a marketing manager for SB Telecom Singapore, which is part of the SoftBank Corp. And Sui Ming is also a marketing manager who currently works for Sift Analytics Group. Now I'm not going to introduce them any further, I always like my guests to do that themselves. So Michelle, would you like to kickstart yourself and essentially just introduce yourself for all of us?
1: Sure, Ritesh. Hello everyone. So I'm Michelle from SB Telecom Singapore, and um, we are part of SoftBank Group. So here I'm uh, handling the APEC region doing the B2B
0: sales uh, marketing. Okay, great. Thanks. And swimming.
2: Yeah. Hey everyone. Uh, thanks for joining. So Serving here, and I'm the regional marketing manager for SIF Analytics Group. So I manage Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam uh, for all the um, marketing activities. We also do B2B uh, as well. And our company do digital transformation, such as the data analytics and cloud services to improve operations like automations, customizing visual dashboards, and also delivering uh, cloud solutions. That's what our company does.
0: Okay, cool. Thanks. Okay, so today's topic, like I mentioned before, is essentially how can we see what a marketing team can do and how do we ensure that they deliver? All right. So we're going to be talking about a few different things. For example, you know, the types of projects that marketing managers might run, the types of skills or experience that might be needed to actually meet technical demands for these projects. Um, You know, obviously, you guys are both marketing managers. We want to see what your team structure is like, some of the challenges that you faced and how you've overcome them. Right. Now, throughout this entire conversation, we'll definitely be looking at some of the comments or even questions that all of you guys decide to put into the chat. So feel free to just pop them in anytime and we'll do our best to answer. So let's just run into the first question now. And let's start with with Michelle here. Uh, What types of projects do you actually run as a marketing manager for SB Telecom?
1: So here in SB Telecom, I'm actually uh, responsible for executing the B2B uh, campaigns. My primary focus revolves around uh, lead generation for our sub software treasure data. So this is a customer data platform that is highly uh, sought after by many of the C suites uh, in the recent years, especially by the enterprise companies. So um, once when companies onboard uh, with us on this uh, software, we will help them with the digital transformation. Uh, for their
2: enterprises.
0: Okay, cool. And what about yourself, swimming? So, we do
2: uh, digital transformation uh, as well. So, uh, I lead a team of uh, 12 members, uh, basically from Singapore, Thailand and Vietnam. And uh, basically, we run our own in-house uh, activities. Uh, we are much less uh, engaging with the uh, agencies. So, of course, this includes the digital and traditional sides of the activities, such as, uh, you know, we do our own uh, SEM, SEO projects, and uh, also email marketing, content writing, uh, graphic designing, and maintenance of the website. So, on the traditional side of things, uh, we actually do uh, our own events, uh, workshops, and also participating in external events or even partners' events. Because uh, for the whole year round, uh, we have uh, partners like Click uh, or even other um, other other uh, powerful partners that actually help us to actually organize the events and we participate.
0: OK, cool. And if I can, I'll take things a little bit further from that as well, because obviously you mentioned quite a few of the traditional projects that you would run as well, right? You both do digital transformation, but there's also a few traditional topics or projects here. To what degree do you work on these projects um especially when you will be working with you know clients as well right how do you sort of link all of these traditional projects in to your client engagement what what goes into this as a specific if you can give us any examples uh, Suming, you want to go first okay sure so of course for
2: traditional uh like uh, events right we uh, set up our landing page mm. and as well as uh content writings to drive registrations so driving of registrations is definitely challenging uh, as well because uh coming from the B2B perspective, I believe that um, most of us uh, will actually be trying to reach out to the right target audience. And how, how do we really do that, right? It's really about the contents uh, that is placed on the landing page. Because uh, first of all, you must take it as your landing page as a house where people visit and their impressions and whether this uh, credibility can actually get them worth their time to actually join the event. Because the event might be uh, over in our office or might be actually uh, ex- externally to actually uh, book the venue. So all these are costs. When you book outside uh, uh, a venue, right, uh, those costs, right, will actually mm, replicated to uh, ROI. So so we are always uh, measuring the ROI as well. So of course, uh, we have to drive as much a qualified list as possible to actually uh, uh, attend the event. and. There are are many challenging moments. I would say that, oh, so what if uh, there are uh, uh, not much uh, attendees going on or not much registrants? So we have to always adjust our strategies along the way. So how we uh, adjust the strategies? Is it to change the uh, artwork banner? Is it the design is not good enough? Or is it that the content writing uh, is not attractive enough? You know, so these are other things that we have uh, we have to think about it. But uh, behind the mechanism is all about the landing page and how we are going to do the invites and how much uh, uh, database do we have.
0: Okay, cool. And I saw, Michelle, earlier on, you, you, were, you were smiling and laughing at the mention of, of the registration list, getting all these registrations in. Uh, have you had any similar experiences yourself when it comes to dealing with these uh, types of events?
1: Absolutely. And I cannot agree um, better with streaming. Like uh, for B2B uh, marketing, uh, lead generation is always one of our biggest challenges because number one, the cost of acquisition is already way higher than uh, B2C. And for B2B um, lead generation, our buyers are often not uh, impulse buyers. So before they even decide to do anything with you, they will probably have read all your content, have been involved with you in some networking sessions. Uh, already have different considerations matrix in place before they generally want to even uh, have their first talk uh, with you. Hence, um, for us, omnichannel marketing is uh, very important. And um, even before we start uh, investing in any paid marketing campaigns, uh, during the board discussion, we already have to understand um, who our personas are we want to talk to, what kind of message we want to uh, cater to them, and what is the uh, unique offering that we can uh, give to them. So uh, before we have any touch points, value has already uh, been given. So I think this is uh, really important for B2B marketing.
0: No, I, I fully understand even when it comes to, you know, when it when it comes to B2B marketing, if you want to look at things from, from the lead gen standpoint, or if you want to look at things from an event standpoint, building up that relationship with your network will always end up having to come first. Um, how you can drive that and how you can, I guess to some degree, get that first line of engagement with them. That's always going to be the most important thing. Your first impression really does matter to building that relationship. And you mentioned uh, along the lines of you having an in-house team as well assuming so obviously cuz you're running a lot of projects here uh, i'll move over to the to the next portion of this which is how do you exactly come up with the right mix of skills and experience for your for, for the rest of your team to actually come and meet any demands that comes with any of these projects right is everyone working on on similar uh, projects or have you got individuals working on specific projects how how does it work what's your setup like
2: Okay, so of course, uh, we have individuals that's working on their own roles, for example, uh, designing graphics and um, maintenance of the website, building uh, uh, landing pages, and even uh, going through the social medias to actually advertise our uh, events. So uh, of course, promoting of our events, right, uh, you need to actually know how to set up the uh, advertisements and how to set up even the, the landing page and also the email invite, Uh, what kind of content? So... Of course, we split our jobs together, and all together, uh, we actually com- contribute uh, for the event. And of course, uh, when setting up of the linking, we have to actually understand that, oh, so uh, who, who are the personas that we are actually targeting? And more importantly, what is the objective for for the uh, attendees? Because all in all, right, we really have to plan well uh, in terms of what are the key takeaways uh, if they were to actually attend. We cannot waste their time, you see. So a lot of times where, uh, you know, uh, like I say, it's B2B and like, uh, Michelle says that, uh, you know, the cost acquisition is higher than B2C, right? So, uh, all in all for linking, I guess that one lead actually can, uh, can be said roughly about $200. I'll say, yeah, that, that's, I think that's about right for everyone, uh, uh, majority, I would, I would say. So all this, right? But if let's say, for example, if we come up with the linking ads, and the cost acquisition is really higher, more than two hundred dollars. Do we actually stop the ads? Do we actually change uh, our strategy? That's 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 just part of the process of uh driving the registration. Uh, of course, talking about the right mix of skills, right? Uh, it's best that uh you know one can actually take up a few roles, so that because it's it's uh rather to say that it's actually in house, you see. So if one can actually take multiple roles, right? Then after that, uh, to less, less burden uh, others, that will be really great. Yeah. So of course, uh, for a uh, manager, uh, we really have to oversee the whole uh situation, where whether things are going well or not going. Yeah. If it is not going well, right? Things have to change for the better, and it has to be
0: we have to intervene as soon as possible. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and Michelle, what about you? Do you share similar sentiments as well to Swimming?
1: Absolutely. So working in SoftBank Corp, one of our biggest strengths, of course, is uh, we have many different subsidiaries working uh, underneath us. And, and I'm very fortunate to have a very good array of uh, resources. Like Swimming, we have our own uh, in-house team and we also have our uh, subsidiaries. And therefore, identifying the right individuals uh, to work on a certain uh, skills is very important. And often in our line, it is so difficult to have the right hire who has both the soft skills and also like um, the technical skills. If you want to combine two of these skills into one individual, it is really like a a huge challenge.
0: Yeah, um, so. I- I think what you said there as well, being able to combine those skills, right? Do you find that it's it's often a case now though where a lot of these people who have multiple skills, but you just don't find as many people who are actually specialized in in a lot of different sort of tools or software as much as maybe they used to. Now people have become a bit more of a generalist. Do you guys feel that way with, with a few different types of uh, skills or projects that you look at?
1: Um, for us, we do have... Um, different personalities working with us. So I think uh, identifying the the person's uh, characteristics is very important. And So once we are able to identify what their individual strength is, it seems like everyone can excel in their role. But many times a lot of people give up halfway maybe because the company is not um, big enough for them to like for us, if we hire you for position A and then we, we realise that you have talents in, in other ways we will try to explore and expand on that and sometimes we can deploy you and do something and this individual aim might realise that oh, I didn't know I have this like a uh, talent and I enjoy doing things and therefore we are able to retain staff and keep a lot of our uh, employees happy just by discovering.
2: Okay. And swimming? And I think, uh, working for a team, right. Uh, working in a team, right. We will get to discover their personality, their characteristics and at their attitude. So most importantly, right. If their attitude is willing to, uh, you know, make changes or even, uh, be ambitious to actually work out on some ideas that will be, uh, really very good as, as a candidate, uh, and also as an employee. Because, uh, first of all, uh, because running it in-house, right, everything needs to have creativity and ideas and also problem solving. Say, for example, one of the uh, person is actually doing graphic design, but then that, uh, she only has that much of the uh, creativity and she needs some input. So that's where our team will actually brainstorm and come, come together and, and using the idea to actually make it happen. So we actually depend on our, our uh, graphic designer but the thing is that where does the idea come from? It comes from the team as well to actually build, build a, a, a better uh,
0: idea for that. Okay, cool. And then obviously because because you're managing a team here, assuming so how do you go about staffing for the team specifically? I know for, for Michelle, I'll get to this when it comes to you, but your, I know yours is going to be very different as well. How do you actually go about this?
2: Mm, okay, so like I say, all of us has a different role. Say for example, if we really need one hit for uh like for example digital marketing, then it's very important for us to hire the right one. You see. So uh if we were to actually uh, uh I mean when we actually do the interviews, all that, right? We will actually see uh their resume, uh resume and also the uh proven track records, their portfolio. Most importantly, I believe is the portfolio. What have they done? What is their experience? And how do they actually set up the digital marketing? So for me, right, I need to have that experience to understand uh, how they actually do their setup, and is it the most effective way? Because of course, uh, when it comes to like, oh, they they are, I mean, they only have the basic setup all that, right? When they come into the company, then I will actually guide them a lot on how to actually set up the most effective way, uh, be it uh, using uh, uh any platforms like uh email marketing or that. So when coming to my team, right, so uh, I believe that gu- uh, guiding them is very important because uh, every manager will have a unique uh, a skill set or even a unique uh, thinking as well. So we have to guide them along. Mm.
0: Okay, cool. And then, Michelle, obviously, like I, like I said earlier on, I'm pretty sure yours is going to be very different since obviously you're working with, with your subsidiaries and all. And essentially, they'll work for you, I guess, a bit more on an agency sort of basis, right? So how, how, is that, how would that work for you?
1: So for us, we have an uh, internal team, and we also have a subsidiary. And one of our subsidiary will be uh, ADA. It's a full-fledged uh, marketing agency where we do from app development all the way to uh, even treasure data optimization, e-commerce optimization, and all of these things. So for us, resources is like abundance. And that is a double-edged sword because once when we have so many uh, different resources, we will also need to identify the right uh, person uh, for the right project. Because, for example, even if we are just doing, let's say, uh, an SEO project, but then we need to find the right candidate to also work with uh, the customers so that there will be a sort of a synergy and once when we identify uh such soft skills the project usually can complete uh within the time frame and not only that we can also get customer satisfaction and employee satisfaction so i think fundamentally end of the day um uh, understanding your your human resource is a huge asset that uh, any manager would love to have
0: yeah no, I can, I can definitely understand. I think I probably relate a little bit more to Zooming here because I've had similar experience as well when you have to go through all the resumes, everyone's portfolio and all. I haven't had the luxury or the privilege of being able to work directly with an agency. Um, but when it has come to the point where in in my previous roles as well, where I've had to build my own team, it's been tough. Like, very honestly, it's, it's just been tough. There's, there's too many applicants and... A lot of the time you'll find you'll find that there's there's definitely a lot of great applicants but finding the right personality to fit within your team or your culture or the individual who has i guess some degree the the right mindset for the type of project that you're trying to run that is going to be the very difficult part and when you end up going through a lot of portfolios a lot of portfolios, you'll you'll see some of them will look similar enough to some degree in terms of the format, the layout, and what people have done with it. Some experiences will also be similar, but you'll get quite a lot that are completely random. That these are these are people who have done some crazy projects. And you know, when you when you end up seeing this, you end up thinking, okay, there's a chance. Maybe I can get them into my team. These guys look brilliant. Then you end up speaking to them or you end up, um, you know, getting to know them a little bit more in other areas. And then you just realize, oh, they're not a fit. Maybe, maybe in another lifetime, in another company, another job, maybe then. Um, but yeah, that, 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 I guess that, that, there's the difficulty there when it comes to staffing, right? And it's only getting harder, really. When we look at the, the way the market is now, it's only going to get harder. Now, yeah, this- now I want to ask you when... Obviously, Michelle, you mentioned one of the things that you guys do to manage your your staff as well is if you see that there's a talent in another part of the business that they could probably work towards, you'd look to try and explore options. Do you have anything like that as well, Swimming? mm Sorry, I'll question again. So, for example, say if, if you see a, a particular member of your team has other talents that could work elsewhere within the business. Would you explore those opportunities for them to work within that as well? Or is it a case where they'll usually stick to whatever they've already been doing?
2: Oh, uh, actually, it's really up to them. I will actually uh, probe them whether they really want to do uh, other things apart from their roles, you see. It's good for them to explore their uh, uh, their career, uh, not career, uh, as in their projects and even their new capabilities uh so it's actually like more like giving them uh more flexibility in terms uh instead of doing uh really control them you see because they have their own thinking of uh what they want to really do in the company if uh the company has uh opportunities
0: for them to expose new experience so why not okay cool now i'm gonna just throw things back a little bit um to when we were speaking about events We actually have a question from Simon Burney, and he's asking, right? He's asking, how do we actually leverage existing talent and AI solutions in this market right now? And where does technology success or how does technology help to produce a successful marketing event? So, Swimming, you go first.
2: Mm, How do you leverage existing talent and uh, AI solutions in this changing market? Okay, so of course, uh, technology is always changing, all that, and where does technology success in marketing events? Okay, so first of all, right, for AI solutions, uh, that there, there are a number of uh dif- different products for AI, uh, where you know, are, are you uh, actually referring to the ChatGPT or that, or do you actually talk about the uh, automations of a uh, business prediction? So. This is my
0: question to Simon. I think let, let, let's go with either. Uh, let, let's start off with the ChatGPT side of things because obviously ChatGPT uh, generative AI has has just blown up, right? It's become that trend. How would you leverage off that first?
2: Okay, so ChatGPT definitely will support uh, in terms of if we are doing uh, marketing. So uh, we actually go inside there and then we actually see what kind of content they can actually generate. So uh, what kind of perspective that uh, ChatGPT can give us? And then we, we come up with our own angle. Of course, we are not going to just uh, copy it and use it. It's very important for us to leverage on all these technologies so that we are able to, uh, you know utilize, utilize it uh, effectively uh, in whichever way.
0: Okay, And then when we leverage on the other side of uh, technology solutions, so, uh where does uh,
2: technology success in uh, marketing events? Okay, so first of all, right, for technology success in marketing events, right, it's more like you are using all, all sort of uh, social media uh, advertisements. You are using uh, Google uh, Ads as well. You are using uh, uh, SEO. These are all the technologies that you actually can focus on. And of course, right, uh, talking about if you are lacking of these uh, experiences, then you are not leveraging enough of the technology. Because uh, in every case, it's best that to actually make sure that you have the best practices in uh, whichever technology you are using. Because first of all, uh, you have to select like, for example, let's let's talk about uh, Google Advertisement then. So Google Advertisement, right, there are a lot of rules and regulations that you have to follow. And of course, with their updates of their Google Analytics from GA3 to GA4, we have to understand uh, how to actually uh, use it in terms to our advantage. And like, for example, uh, we set up a landing page and the landing page itself, right, we need to have traffic, right? So we are doing uh, uh, advertisements to drive the traffic to our websites and how many traffics are there uh, within that that month or within that period that you are running advertisements. Is it a good number or is it a bad number? So these are all the measures that actually give us uh, a gauge of whether the event is going to be successful or not successful. So uh, we run a uh, uh, different kind of, like for my company. Uh, we run uh, through different kind of uh, platforms and even uh, making sure that we have a good SEM uh, to support uh, all our activities in terms of driving the uh, success of the marketing events. Yep. Okay.
0: And Michelle, what about for yourself?
1: So for us, I think everyone... Uh, has kind of embraced AI in some ways, even like the students and schools are uh, adapting AI. So let's not fear what is, you know, coming for sure, but let's embrace and uh, re-skilling and retooling. So for example, uh, what Swimming has said, like uh, even if we use ChatGPT, that could be just like a basis of, like a foundation of a structured piece. And oftentimes, it is still dependent on us or even our writers to make a stand of uh, what a certain topic can be and humanize it. So tools are great if we use it effectively. It can help us uh, to be more effective and productive when it comes to trend management. But it, it is definitely not here to uh,
2: replace whatever uh, we are doing yeah. Yep. So to add on, right? Uh, it's just that it's a supporting tool for marketing. You, you just think that oh, there's a content writer, but uh, you cannot fully depend on it. You know. So uh, when you actually have uh, I mean, ChatGPT is a solutions for a lot of things. Uh, just like the content writer and even uh, what kind of suggestions you have. So some people actually use ChatGPT right to under understand their business. They actually give a list of questions to the ChatGPT, and uh, help us chat gpt to answer their questions. You know, so that list of uh, uh, answers, right, is to actually help you to understand more of your business and how are you going to actually have a direction.
0: Yeah. No, I yeah, think...
1: and I also
0: uh, go for it. Go for it.
1: Yeah, and I also like to add on. For example, earlier I mentioned about this uh, Treasure Data uh, CDP software. It also has a AI learning uh, capability. Where they ingest a lot of uh, data about the customers and then they will come out with certain like a probabilities and they will give you uh, different scenarios of how you can actually use this data in a more effective way so sometimes ai is here to again right it's it's how you look at it it's if if you treat it as a tool to help you um do things more effectively then all you need to understand is how you can manage these AI tools and how to better use them. For example, even if you want to talk about ChatGPT, what kind of prompts you put in will give you very different uh, results as well.
0: Yep, I think that that's one thing. And, and this sort of ties into to Simon's next point here as well, um, which we can't obviously show on screen the entire thing because it's a little bit long. But I think definitely have to look at context right chat gpt is very good it's 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 a start towards i guess the the ai revolution and how it can work it's like you guys said uh it's good as a time management tool something that you can use for certain projects is it 100 reliable though in my opinion and my experience as a marketer not yet only because we deal with people right chat gpt does not have the the emotional power behind it right that will come up to us as the marketers behind the system who will then have to relate whatever answers we get to to the context we're trying to put it towards right um and i think based on based on what you're asking as well whether it's you know having staff embrace this as a new technology yeah definitely should it be coming from leadership or is it something that each person should discover themselves i think it's a little bit of both at the end of the day First of all, you have to have the initiative and and I guess just the basic wants to have a look and see what this is and how it can help you. But when you look at things, regardless of whether it's come from a leadership standpoint or from uh, an individual themselves, everyone's going to start off as a basic user with these things, right? And how you can use that to just help save time and get little bits of work done, whether it's planning, copywriting, uh, coming up with event ideas. I mean, even even podcast topics for us, you know, like I can relate it very well to podcast topics and questions that we might be able to ask. That's usually going to be the simple wins and the quick wins that you'll be able to get out of it. Beyond that, you're still always going to need that person behind the screen coming up with all the different plans and ideas, but just maybe not as traditionally as what it used to be.
2: Absolutely, yes. It's also it's true. I see right? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> So just to add on, uh, just the chat GPT. So of course, uh, some of the chatbots, uh, we are, using AI already on the customer journey. So like, for example, the omni channel. So omni channel, right? Say, for example, people, uh, enter to your website and the link page and then there's a chatbot that is talking to you. So these are all already, uh, set up and configured of how they are going to actually approach you to get your, uh, de- your contact details or that where the sales team can follow up. If not right, they can immediately, uh, find out answers, uh, through the, uh, chat, chatbot with, with an AI ability. Yep. So, uh, I think, I think for AI, it's really, uh, more like also, uh, helping the customer journey along the way where you see, for example, Gmail, Gmail, uh, also had the AI ability or capabilities, uh, feature in stock. So if, say, for example, you want to write an apology letter, right? So immediately, right? You can actually just type, uh, "Okay, I want to apologize to someone out there." You just hit in, uh, "Uh, you know, the AI will help you to write out." You will actually present it beautifully and also very respectful to the person that you are going to apologize. So these are all the AI uh, tools that actually can support us in terms of doing communications. Yeah. So I think it's very powerful in terms of supporting us and in terms of uh writing out emails and also to guide uh customer uh
0: journeys as well. Right. And I think let's try to actually relate since we're on the topic here of of technology and AI within marketing at the moment. Right. In terms of our own use cases. Now, we're just hitting the surface with this. But for example, right, you guys have other projects that take place behind the scenes. You got a lot of SEO, a website management. Let's let's put it into those projects. Right. Have you started adopting technology or anything of the such? To help with SEO or SEM implementations? Or is it a case where it's still very traditional on your side? Well, what is it that you guys do? What are you looking towards? Mm. Okay. So uh, go I think it's very fun when you actually use ChatGPT
2: to integrate with whatever uh, we are doing uh, for SEO. So SEO is basically uh, content, uh, you know, uh, tuning out contents, uh, reaching out with the keywords, all that. So say for ChatGPT is actually relying on uh Google. You see? So on the Google, right, they already know that what kind of keywords are actually uh important to actually put it out there. That's where you actually blend it into your SEO. So SEO uh so we can actually understand that. Oh, so ChatGPT when you actually t- talk about oh so uh what, what is the latest technology? So it will come out with all those important uh technologies, uh trends. Then these are the information that you can actually put in SEO because ChatGPT with re- uh, relates to the Google and that's where they know that which which keywords are actually the best to use uh, for your SEO. So this is how we integrate the technology and uh, of course, uh, like for example, most importantly is SEO is always going on the rankings uh, of the Google search order and uh, really I I just feel that uh, ChatGPT can really help a lot in terms of that.
0: Okay, cool. And Michelle, are there any other projects that you'd also leverage technology on?
1: Definitely, to be honest. And not only do we use um, AI to help us write articles, we also use AI to help us check if the content has been plagiarized. We also help us uh, check if the the keywords are, are in and if it's totally optimized. Because then this will affect your uh, denial ranking and also your um, all the other aspects of SEO. Uh, so definitely, uh, we are using AI to help us in our course of work as well at this stage.
0: Okay, cool. And before I I move to the next question, I, I think uh, for anyone who's listening as a, as a marketer, it might be good to start adding ChatGPT engineer to your CV. Who knows, it might come in handy. Just just as a little skill, not a title. Now, let, let's move on a little bit and keep to... Obviously, we've we sort of strayed away a little bit. But let, let, let's go back and jump back into, into delivering as a, as a marketing team here, right? We've covered the projects. We've covered personnel, staffing, skills. But along with all of this, you're definitely going to face a lot of challenges. What types of challenges have you actually faced along all of these different types of projects, staffing? And how exactly did you actually go about addressing them? And what learnings did you guys take away specifically, uh, Michelle? Do you want to go first?
1: Are you talking about the technical
0: part or the soft skills part? Um, we can go with both, really. We can you can start with either.
1: Okay, so usually, I think one of the biggest challenges I face across uh, my course of work as a marketer is the alignment between the sales team and the marketing team. It's almost like a All of us as a team, we want to reach to the peak of the mountain. We know that that is the one destination all of us has to be. But along the way, from step one to step 10, everyone has different um, priorities and challenges. And then conflicts arises, and this will sometimes uh, hinder the progress of the project. So I kind of understand and learn that it is important that uh, we try to understand one another internally as a team first. And then when problems arise, everyone will be able to take a step back and uh, challenges will be resolved in a very quick and swift manner because we have already reached an understanding right before we embark on the journey together. So I think aligning the sales and marketing team uh, is sort of like a priority for us
0: here. Okay. And streaming? Mm.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with uh Michelle with uh working together uh and alignment with the sales and uh marketing team uh as well. I think also add on to the branding as well. Uh everyone follows the guideline of how they're gonna communicate with their uh clients and also building relationships. But uh for major uh technical issues uh, such as we, uh, we are actually doing the more of the digital marketing these days. Uh because when you actually want to do uh, uh external events, right, it's 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 quite costly. So digital marketing might come as a, a cost-effective way to reach out to more audiences as well. So of course uh those technical challenges is more like bidding the keywords in the Google ads. And when you are doing the bidding of the keywords, right, uh it's 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 very expensive. Like uh, I mean the thing is that from the past of uh, maybe five years ago, the keywords might be like a few cents, you know. But right now it's talking about dollars nine dollars twenty dollar and as much as uh, uh higher uh if you know the keywords a lot of people are bidding so of course technically speaking we will have to actually rank our uh google uh, our advertisement as as the top search but doing that right uh we will have to spend more and we have to spend it wisely because some people uh just search for the sake of searching and then just click on it then uh, it costs us uh that that, that, that amount already. You see, so we have to really uh, manage our uh, budget wise, wisely and making sure that we have uh, qualified people to actually click on uh, to our advertisements so that it makes it worth, but I can't control uh, who, who is going to click on our ads, you see, but uh, this, these are all the uh, challenges that we are facing and we are always uh, uh, adjusting and adjusting along the way uh, so that people can actually click to our ads and then inquire on,
0: on our website. Okay. And so obviously, there's a little bit there on the technical side. Now, if I were to pose the question to you both on managing your teams, right? Or managing the people that you're, you're working with specifically, obviously, Michelle, you cover this a little bit on the sales side. But let's, let's bring it down a little bit more into marketing, right? And, and the delivery you guys have. What types of challenges do you face within your own teams? You know, what, what is it that you guys do to overcome these challenges? Michelle, you want to go first.
1: Sometimes, uh, within the team, for example, when we do hiring, um, I think whatever the this candidate is trying to portray to you may be very impressive, and and when this person comes to work, you get like a like eighty percent of what is being said. So we give a little bit of discount. And like what swimming said earlier If this person has a great mindset That's fine But uh, sometimes along the way When of course with so many stuff um, There may be people who are a little bit uh, uh, More firm on their stand And when they want to work as an individual It is very hard for us to integrate them uh, Into the marketing team Because marketing is always like a team effort Uh, You can be the best in SEO. You can be the best in um, Google Ads. You can be the best in social media. But you can never be like the best marketer for all um, all activities. So I think one of the like the biggest challenges is really about the mindset of this person. Not so much about the skills because skills can be passed on, can be taught, especially when you interact within the team so yeah i think that's like my biggest challenge
0: consuming
2: and i totally agree with michelle uh you know sometimes it's really about the attitude of uh, working and really wants to learn new things just like uh, us uh, as managers always discovering new things and then bring back to the team uh, for a a discussion so whenever it is right of course we will be a team to actually overcome uh, uh, challenges so uh say for example if uh uh we, we met with roadblocks of uh maybe uh the the technical issues of maybe uh email marketing uh okay, so not let's not talk about that. So let's talk about the events-wise. So of course we are always uh like I say, we are in-house uh uh, uh doing everything ourselves. So definitely we will have to uh always uh, uh see whether or not our landing page is good, our uh you know, our contents are, uh, are well written and even uh, doing direct remuelings and what kind of creative strategies that we really can pull through. You see, if they say, for example, one, if there is something that you want to target, say education, you really want to target on education, but you, you, uh, you know, sometimes they, they just won't join your event or sometimes they just uh, don't want to see your solutions or that. So these are the things that we need to overcome. What kind of ways or angles that we can actually target so that education can uh, really, uh, wants to know about our solutions and what kind of, what kind of solutions that we can actually uh, help them to benefit their organization. So these are the kind of things that we always brainstorm. How are we always uh, targeting and what is our ROI and how do we
0: manage the budget? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. I mean, for, for, for me, I, I can't relate too much because I'm a solo marketer here right? I mean, yes, I have my team. Um, you know, we all work together a, a, as, a, as part of a global effort, right? Majority of us are in in our HQ in the UK and then we've got uh, my counterpart as well, Crystal, who's on the back end of this right now, um, making sure everything runs smoothly. She's a, she's in Sydney and, you know, the two of us work closely as, as part of an APAC team. So, I think for us, we'll probably relate a little bit more to Michelle's side because we're also very heavily embedded as part of a sales team. And I think like, you know, some of the comments have also said, Michelle, um, you know, you absolutely nailed it with, with how you, you described being able to align and use that and, or not use that, but with that being the priority, aligning both marketing and sales under one common goal to reach that, that top of that mountain. Brilliant. Very well said. Thank you so much. Now, obviously the next, the next point of this is, is more on reflecting on, on the projects that you guys lead. All right. And obviously, you, you lead these projects. You have your own hands within these projects as well. You're not just supervising people. You guys are actively doing something here. Tell me a little bit more about your, the way you go about reflecting over these projects, right? How you, de- how you delivered them. Did you guys manage to achieve the results you wanted majority of the time? By the time you, you reached that project end stage or that deadline, um, you know what would you have done differently? Saiming, so, you, you want to go first?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, in every project, right, we try to do it in a different way. We cannot do the same thing, uh, not just because it's bad or good. Even if it is good, right, we will try to improve in every single project and see what kind of uh, uh, new uh, solutions or uh, new setup that we can do. And of course, uh, we need to find out the feedback from every event. We find out from the sales, we find out from the pre-sales, what, uh, so that we can actually take their feedback seriously and then put it on to our next project. Because I find that uh, if you are actually going to do the same thing all over again, then you are not exper- experimenting uh, uh, new changes. And then we will forever be stuck at where you are from maybe last two years, last three years. Our mindset will have to always change for the better. So then, uh, in every project, you're experiencing new things. You're not just investing the money over and over again. You're investing on uh, uh, the the future, you see. Yep. Yep. And Michelle,
1: Yeah, absolutely. I cannot agree with uh, Swimming more. And this is like a very good question. I think as a marketer, one of the things that keeps me very alive is um, how fast the industry is changing. Let me share an example with you like for example i do so many e-commerce uh optimization and today when you think like you have ace your google ads you have done like the best landing page conversions for let's say maybe like uh fmcg product and then tomorrow you take in another new deal and say okay i don't need to think about it i just have to duplicate whatever i did and then guess what the results came out totally different so Marketing is fun in such a way that it is always challenging you and inspiring you to look at other people's work. What may work today may not work next week or next month. And so it is important that we often uh, relook not just into the technical parts such as your MarTech stack, but you also want to know how you want to interact with the customers because I believe um, for marketing... One of the things that we we often do that is being overlooked is how well you educate your customers. The better you educate them, the more they understand that they have to spend and invest on marketing for them to get the results of what they want. Because most business owners, the last thing they want to do is to spend a lot of money in marketing. However, in today's world, if you want to sell something and you think that you do not want to invest, or you just want to invest a little bit of money into marketing, then even before you start, you're, you, you are already on the road of like a self-destruction. So I guess this is how like, the climate has
0: changed yeah. for us. I think it really depends though as well, right? If you're looking at things from a, a B2C uh, perspective, definitely, right? I mean, yes, you can start small. You could probably go without... I guess uh, the, the biggest of budgets, you could probably run a very tight budget uh, when you start off, but only for a very short period of time. Beyond that, you'll have to start investing a lot more heavily. Um, and that's where your ads come in. Right. And if you look at social media nowadays on a, on a B2C side, I'm fed up with my, with, with, with looking at Instagram, looking at Facebook or anything in between, like the ads hey. or anything is, is crazy at this point on the B2B side. It's it's I think it's easier. You don't have to worry nearly as much about ad spends unless obviously you're 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 a B2B that's working more on on events where you have to get registrations, you have to market that event out. But to some degree you could probably leverage off existing relationships, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if we look at LinkedIn as a platform for for the B2B side of marketing, you'll find that, you know, companies themselves will not actually have pages with a lot of impressions, unless they're spending on ads. But what really helps are the people within the companies. If they're the ones who are sharing out any content put out, then you'll end up getting the traction, the impressions, the click-throughs, whatever it is you might need. Because at the end of the day, LinkedIn is, is a relationship-building platform for social media, right? Um, and that, that's where you could probably go without the need to actually spend a lot of budget. And I, I use my own self here with with the projects I run here with Evolution. I've not spent a single cent yet on LinkedIn and we're getting the results that we need. Obviously it depends on the industry you're in, but typically there are ways around this as well. And I think that that's one of the, the biggest things that I learned because when I was coming into marketing as a, as a field, as a profession, the one thing that would come to my mind a lot is, okay, how am I going to manage ads? Because it's a big part of it, right? How do I manage ads? How do I manage the budget? How do I keep switching the ads around so I keep getting the audience I need? Those are all the different things that I thought, okay, I'm going to have to stress over. But thank God I didn't have to do that in the end.
1: (laughs) Good job, (laughs) Nitesh.
0: Thanks. And then now, obviously, we, we were talking about the learnings here, right? What do you guys do on the side, outside of work, right? Outside of your typical projects to continue that learning? Do you guys do any courses or do you go for any events to learn something in particular? Or what, what do you guys do? Uh, Michelle, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm very involved with um, SG Tech um, activities. So very often, um, I would uh, always connect with the speakers and um, the professionals uh, trying to be like in the community, understanding what people are doing, uh, not necessarily just like uh, interacting but we uh, also learn from one another because sometimes what you don't know you don't know and when someone has already gone through that road and then they they give you like a nice awesome tip because they had a good day or because you have already an existing relation and then you realize that whatever problem you are facing it's not such a big issue you know because someone has already gone through that phase and I always feel like whatever you are doing now, for example, is very meaningful because you would have helped many people shorten their learning uh, curves, and they would have made meaningful connections uh, through this uh, event itself as well. And I think this is what I have been doing over the years, and it has definitely paid uh, off uh, very well.
0: Okay, I'm assuming. Mm,
2: okay. So, uh, outside of work, of course, I try to find uh, causes to upgrade uh, myself uh, in terms of data analytics, uh, data science, because I'm actually quite uh, interested to learn about what is really going on uh, for optimizing the business performance and everything. Uh, of course, marketing does play a part but uh, for uh, data ana- analytics, all that, right? Uh, it really analyzes the, uh, the products that you are selling, the whole organization. And even uh with those uh building of the dashboard during the course. So I learned uh pick up all the skills. And also uh I run a small e-commerce uh selling educational toys. And apart from that, uh recently I actually just picked up a hobby of doing a uh, video contents. So yeah, so I I, I because the, the thing is that you know right now there's so many different kinds of social media platforms. There's lemonade, there's uh you know uh there's also TikTok, Instagram, all that so if by just doing one video right you can actually spread to all the platforms so one effort for all so uh yeah that's why i actually pick up that
0: hobby yeah no i i definitely agree with you on that uh in my in my old uh role i was doing a lot of video work and it was a case where i realized very very quickly thank god very quickly as well which was just record one video for youtube and make make little clips out of that or change the aspect ratio and put it everywhere else. That, that was easily the, the best thing I, I did there. And it saves so much time. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I think where other courses are also considered, um, you know, for me personally, I I'm, and I'll, I'll be starting this soon for myself, which is uh, taking up a course in digital project management. And I think this is something that will definitely go a long way for a lot of people who might be looking for a slight change in what they want to do if they're already in marketing or... If it's a case where they are looking to venture into into marketing, right? At the end of the day, you'll see a lot of marketing projects nowadays. Whilst you do need hands-on skills and experience in certain sectors, um, you probably still need to get the general idea of it from somewhere, from, from from a top level in terms of how do you go about looking at the projects? How do you come up with the project? How do you budget for it? How do you set it up? How do you execute or strategize for this? And how do you come up with quantifying the actual ROI that you want to get out of any of these projects you're trying to deliver? And I think that that's a very good start for for some people. Now, we're coming towards the end of our time. There's a couple of questions here that I do want to ask you uh, from the comment section here. Now, one of them is from our good friend, Mr. Simon Burney, who's come back as well. Um, And he's essentially asked, how do we balance work between internal and external partners to achieve the results that we're actually expecting? So, Swimming, could you give us a little bit of insight here into how you do this?
2: Uh, I'm actually looking at the questions, where is it?
0: Uh, it should be on screen now, actually, if you want to have a look at that. <laughs> uh, okay, how now do you
2: balance work between internet and partners to achieve the results here, I expect. Uh, okay, so first of all, uh, it's best that you actually align with your partners very well uh, in terms of what their expectation and what is our expectation and what we can do. Because partners always uh, come up with grand ideas and we have to meet their expectations. Their grand ideas is ask you to spend money, right? So of course, uh, uh, for us, right, we will actually find right around the solutions actually make sure that our, uh, you know, our budget can go as planned and our, our uh, abilities to actually do out. Say for example, uh, so partners, right, will always look at the ROI. They are going to invest on you. But what kind of ROI can you return to them? That's the first question you have to ask. And how do you actually be uh, more creative in terms of always excite your partners? Because the thing is that if you are always going to do the same uh, uh, and not unique uh, things, right? Then the partners will say, oh, yeah, you are going to do that again. You are going to do that again. So we cannot. So, of course, uh, between internally and partners, right? We will always have to uh, align with each other. And then, uh, of course, what they give is a grand idea. But what we give, right, is really more of the realistic and practical uh, solution to them.
0: Yeah. Okay. And Michelle?
2: I
1: think the way Swimming says it, it's almost like a, it's like a dating scene, you know. You have to first manage expectations first. And it's very true. I think many times um, when we are on the right foot, setting expectations internally and also for our customers, then uh, it's quite easy to manage, especially when we put in a timeline to the project. So instead of looking at, okay, I want you to deliver this, but at every milestone, when we do a check on each other and say, look, look, we are both like uh, supporting each other, we are here for you and everything is okay, we are on the way to like, the top of the mountain, then uh, it makes every milestone a celebration and it kind of puts everyone in place and everyone knows uh, where it's headed to. Because I think humans... When they're uh when they don't know what is going to happen, they cannot foresee what's going to happen. They get very anxious, and therefore they will start pushing. But if you can give them like um a little bit of handholding and let them understand what you are doing and where you are going to bring them to, they usually ask lesser questions. Okay. And I think that,
2: yeah.
0: No, I think that I think the way that both of you have phrased it is, is spot on. Now, there's one more question here. This is going to be the last question from the comments. And it's from uh, Sidesh, who's asking As a marketer, do we have to think about security or data risks when we leverage our new technologies like generative AI when we're creating marketing material? Uh, Michelle, do you want to go with this first?
1: Um, Definitely, especially um, working for such a big corporate and when we are handling enterprise accounts. Data and security is often like our top uh, priority. So, and uh, we internally we do have like a data and security team to look into things. It starts from the the most fundamentals of what kind of software we are using and things like that. Everything will uh will have to be revised and approved internally before we can embark on such kind of uh, technology
0: okay and swimming
2: i think uh, we have the same approach with uh michelle as well we do have a uh, data and a uh, risk team to actually help evaluate uh all those uh general ai or AI uh, topics that we are gonna uh, publish out so of course uh when doing uh publishing of the marketing materials and all that right uh say for example we are going to publish a press release so, of course, we were actually engage with our uh, data database team and also the security team to actually back through and make sure that, uh, you know, no, uh, no, no risk is involved, I would say.
0: Okay, cool. Um, now, I'm just a bit conscious of time. We are coming to the end of our time, but I have one final question on my side that I want to ask you guys, um, which is what advice would you actually give to others who are looking to take on similar projects to what you guys handle in terms of its build as well as its technicality. Uh, Michelle, do you want to run with this first?
1: Um, I think like what I have said earlier, first of all, when whenever you take on the project brief, you have to first understand who your personas are and really deep dive in, into them, especially for the B2B space where the buying journey is very complex and long and the uh, cost of acquisition is expensive. The next thing is also to identify uh, the right people uh, in your team to help you to get to where you want to go. So both external and internal, we have to manage it uh, really well and then you will get to where you want to be.
0: And
2: swimming? Mm, So uh, always remember that for uh, each team, right, it's unique. So you build a team, every team is unique, every different builds and the strategies you employ uh, should be tailored to your team's specific needs and dynamics and goals you see so of course uh, you have to regularly uh, evaluate the effectiveness of your strategies and also seek input from your team and uh, also help you to uh, help your team to actually refine over time because uh, you are actually leading the team, you are actually uh, taking some risks and uh you have to ensure that your direction is clear uh because everything is about communications and if uh one is not aligned to another then uh you know then uh, it will actually be very time consuming
0: Yeah. yeah i think also to to add on to to what both of you guys have said on a team level when you are looking to ensure delivery for your project always try to think with the end in mind first A lot of people get caught up like, you know, looking at at the little finer bits first that come in play. Or maybe they'll they'll scatter around a little bit. They they don't think where where the light at the end of the tunnel would end up being. I think try to try to think with the end in mind. Um, you know, look towards your ROI, look specifically, try to quantify whatever results you want as much as possible to be able to see this. Especially when you're when you're working on a on a B2B side, when you're working with clients who you have to build relationships with the activities you put into anything that's really going to make a statement in terms of am I am I building on this project well or do I need to switch my strategy around right and I think Michelle you covered this earlier on as well which is you need to handle people at times sometimes being able to be patient enough with your marketing team to ensuring that they, they deliver whatever is they need to and trusting the fact that they will change their strategy or their approach if they need to Is something that a lot of people within leadership probably need to look at if they're not doing that already and on an individual level i think the biggest piece of advice that i can give from from my own learnings is just communicate literally communicate as openly as you can because if you don't there's going to be a few problems (laughs) and and they they may not be big problems they may not be small problems it could be somewhere in the middle also but if you can communicate your way through certain things or your thought process towards certain things, you'll ensure a smooth transition throughout that journey for yourself. And yeah, I think that's basically it. Keep up to date with everything as well. There's a lot that's happening. Everything's fast-paced now. Too fast-paced. I feel old saying that. <laughs> oh,
1: no, don't say that.
0: <laughs> I-, I think most importantly, right,
2: is that to actually take risks uh, uh, so that, you know change that, there are risks that if you change something, right? If you change something, then there's different outcomes. But I think uh, just make sure that you can actually uh, handle the risk and
0: uh, take a new approach every single time. Yep. And on that note, guys, uh, that's actually all the time that we have for today. We've we've overrun very slightly, Uh, but, you know, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Swimming, for providing us with, with all the knowledge, all the insights from your perspectives as a marketing manager um into exactly how we can ensure marketing teams deliver thank you to everyone in the audience who's been listening who's stuck around who has been asking questions and dropping your comments uh, you know we hope that you all enjoyed this episode or this this live session there's going to be another session taking place next week i'll be hosting this session on why b2b marketing teams are so important and i'll have hariz Malloy, who's the head of marketing from 1b stories joining me for this so this will be at the same time 3 p.m singapore time next week on wednesday the 30th be sure to register for it if you haven't already qr code is on screen